0: How about that worship set? Was that fantastic or what? It was. It's good to be back up here. You know, I was happy to give the Africa team the pulpit last week because that was very important. That trip was actually, uh, it, was, it was a wonderful trip, not just for the experience they had, but it was a wonderful trip that we got prayers answered. In other words, we figured out how Compass Church was going to connect there, and we will connect there, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that in the near future. Because, you know, part of our vision is that we go further in outreach. And the way we're going to go further in outreach is missions. We're going to do that in other parts of the world. And that's very much going to be a who part of who we are. And hopefully, well, not hopefully, this will be the beginning of many more to come. Amen. So thank you guys for all of your support. If you gave financially, thank you for that. If you were just gave through prayer, continue to pray. Continue to keep your prayers coming. And that's what I want to talk with you about today when the church prays you guys may remember I know this may be a step for a lot of you because this was probably four weeks ago I did a message on prayer and I know usually you may give it a couple of weeks and everybody forgets it but i I wanted to I want to touch back on that again and and i don't, I was praying and just seeking God and asking you know what is it you want me to talk about today and he was very clear in my spirit that you know he wanted me to go back and talk on prayer. As a matter of fact, you could probably preach for 2 months straight on the word, on prayer itself. But God revealed to me in my spirit. He said that and he said my people aren't talking to me. You know, and that's not good. Let I mean think about that. My people are not talking to me. And see too often people confuse prayer with just some magical spiritual thing that we do, you know, it's a and it's the only way we connect with God. And you have to get the these and the thous all in the right place. All right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not simply prayer. Prayer is just simply talking with your Heavenly Father. And I talked with a, a gentleman that shared with me that he, didn't, he never really thought, and he was a middle-aged man, he never thought of the idea of actually just being able to talk to God. And listen, folks, I'm here to tell you, you need to talk to your Heavenly Father. Talk to Him. Tell Him you love Him. Praise Him. He created us for fellowship. He created us to worship Him. Amen. So, we're going to get back into prayer. And today I want to be talking about corporate prayer and corporate anointing. And this is very, very important. And this is I announced when I did the message before that we were going to start doing a corporate prayer once a month here. And, and I'm going to tell you. Corporate prayer is very powerful, very, very powerful. And if you study it out, there has been so many things that happen from the power that's released from corporate prayer that revivals have come in. And I'm going to tell you, if there's ever been a time for a revival in our nation or in this world in general, it, you need it, right. we need it right now. We need it. And it's going to happen through us praying that revival in. Revivals don't just happen. It happens from us coming together corporately and praying it in. This church, that church, all these churches and praying it in. And that's when revival happens. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, I, I heard some disturbing news. Um, uh, I guess it's been about, you know, yeah, it was two weeks ago. About ten days ago. And they had a minister's conference and there was probably about, probably about 250 ministers there. And the common theme with the ministers there was, and this is very disheartening, was there is a very large lack of hunger for the things of God, what Stephen was just talking about. Uh, and, and I'm talking about, these are pastors that have been pastoring megachurches for 20 and 30 years, thousands of members, and they, they all said the same thing. We are struggling with this new generation coming up. We try to hit them with everything we've got, technology-wise, computer-wise, make the music the way they like it, this, that, and the other. But folks, people are losing the hunger and the desire for God, and that is very dangerous. That's very dangerous because you've got to remember, everything in this world, this is a sin-filled, chaotic world, everything in this world is to pull us and to separate us from God. And in, for, in, in order for us to continue as life goes on, you see, we all just want to take care of ourselves and please ourselves, but sometimes we have to sacrifice and choose to press in more to God, even when it's a little tough, even when it's not comfortable, because even the things in the world are wanting to separate you from your Heavenly Father. Amen. Well, anyway, we need a revival in this world, and we need a revival very much so in our nation, and it's all going to start with corporate prayer. And this was this was something, that one thing that came out of the conference and encouraging a lot of the churches to go back and to start this. And any of you ladies that were on the prayer team, you know very well what, how important the corporate prayer is. So, remember this. When we join together, and we talked about this before, to pray, power is released in the earth. You've got to understand that. And you think about it. It's, it's the same power that changed the world on the day of Pentecost. You see, most people think that the greatest source of power, to, spiritual power available to us is faith or our spiritual gifts, and that's simply not true. That's not true. The greatest source of a power available to us is the corporate anointing, the corporate anointing, right? And that was the power that was released that changed the world on Pentecost, right? It was. Now, think about it. What is the anointing? Some of you, this is a word that you hear a lot, and you've probably heard it in in church as you've grown up. Some of you may know what it is, and some of you may not. But I want you to understand something. You're born again. You have the Holy Spirit right there. You yourself have the anointing of God flowing through you when you choose to tap into it, when you allow God's heart to touch someone else's heart through you. Remember, he's looking for a willing vessel. Someone who's committed and submitted to him to serve him. You don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to come up with the words to say. He just wants you to submit to him. Say, Father, use me and uh, yield to him and allow him to work through you. Amen? That's what it is. And so that, he allows the anointing to flow through you. And simply put, the anointing is of God is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And God anoints people that love him more than they love in their own lives. See, that's the difference. You have to submit to the anointing. You have to choose to tap into it, right? And see, where we're at in the world today is people are so in love with their own life, their prestigious things. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. You have to find the balance, okay? God wants you to have, desi- have the desires of your heart. He wants you to be happy, but he doesn't want you to be so consumed with them that that's what you only live your life for. Amen. And he anoint I a note on the corner, he says he better better than that, he he anoints people that love others just as they love themselves. And that's just simply not something you see a lot of anymore today. People will always have a tendency to give, but when they give, and I'm not I'm not pointing anybody out, but this is just a common theme is people give, but they give, and they're always in the back of the mind. They're thinking, Well, how does this benefit me? How does it benefit me? All right, and that's that's the difference. That's the difference. God wants you, he wants to use you, he wants to bless you, to give and bless you to do the will that he's called you to do, but he wants you to have a pure clean heart, willing to do it and just understand by faith that he's going to take care of you also. Amen. Remember this, when you open your heart to love others, God's anointing flows through you. Flows through you. But now, watch this. This is what I'm talking about. It's a choice. When you choose to close your hearts to others, that's when you begin to grieve the Holy Spirit. And that flow stops. That's not good. That's not good. You hear people say, oh, I went to that church service and the anointing just wasn't very powerful there. Well, that's because they're not choosing to tap into that. Their heart is not pure. their Their heart is not clean. There's some baggage there that's stopping that flow. Amen? So you don't want any baggage there. You want to be... You want to have a pure heart that where you see a need that you're willing to to fit that need to fix that need and you're willing to take care of that situation just because of your love of humanity and your love of people and your love of God not for any personal gain not for any any anybody, any any anybody to pat you on the back come on or to to, to tell you job well done come on now First John three seventeen says if someone has enough money to live. Well, and sees a brother and sister in need, but shows no compassion. How can God's love be in that person? Woo, that's something to think about. Mm. And no, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is given through people, remember this, to demonstrate God's love and power. That's what it's there. It's not, that's what it's for. That's the purpose. And you see, for non-believers, when they see that love and they see that power, it draws them closer God, they were like, they it throws them almost in a wow. Wow, I want that, and then then they begin to ask questions, How do I get that? How do I get that love? How do I have that peace? How do I get that? Well, then the doors open, you begin to share the gospel and convert them into Christianity. All right, that's how the whole process works. But it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit is to give and to demonstrate God's love and power. All right, and 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 you should always think that when Jesus walked this earth. He was anointed. And we have the same anointing that Jesus had when he walked this earth. It's in you. I mean, if you really think about that and let that sink in, you're like, wow, I'm a pretty good person. Man, I've got some advantages. But you access the anointing simply through your prayer life. So that leads us back to your prayer life. All right? Your prayer life. And God's saying to a lot of people, my people are not talking to me. I mean, think about it. How is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? Hmm. I mean, you really should think about it. You know, I've been telling you guys ever since we started the church that you always need to be humble enough to be able to look at yourself and see any areas you may need to make adjustments and simply make adjustments, all right? Because you, if, you're with, if you're not going to be able to make adjustments, you're never going to walk in the full victory that God has planned for you, all right? Now, so today I want to talk with you more about the corporate anointing, all right? And that's the power that's tapped into when we come together as a unified body to pray for a common cause, all right, and as one unit, and when we pray, all right, you have You have your personal prayer life, and it's very important, okay? Because without your personal prayer life, if you're not talking to your Heavenly Father, if you're not communing with Him, then you're never going to understand exactly how He's leading you, and you're not going to stay sensitive to Him, all right? So you have your personal prayer life. You're tapping into the anointing for your personal prayer life. But as a church, as this body comes together, we all need They come together and tap into the corporate anointing. And that's when power is released. That's when power is released into the city where we are. That's when power is released into Africa as we prayed for them. That's when power is released. Amen? It's released. And we saw this when I talked about it in Acts chapter 4. When Peter and John, they were arrested. And they were told, no, don't preach anymore in Jesus' name. And I'm paraphrasing all this. But when they were united in prayer and they began to pray... And they were, they were just pouring their hearts out. There was such a power released that the building literally shook. Literally shook. Man, there's a power when, when you're corporate this released when you tap into that corporate anointing. And know this, the corporate anointing reaches beyond what's happening in your personal life. All right? and Think about it like this. All the plans that we make for this church to operate, and that's important. We have to do that. I'm talking about naturally and business side. There's always a business side and a spiritual side to church. But everything that we do in the natural, you know, we can only go so far with that. We can only go so far. We're only going to accomplish what we can accomplish in our own strength. That's when we come together corporately and pray and we tap into that corporate anointing and that's when God releases power for Compass accomplished church to accomplish and fulfill the vision that he's called this church to do. Amen. Because we all want the body of Christ to grow, right? And that's what church is all about. That's what church is all about. But anything that we plan in the natural, in the natural for this church, anything that we put together, will never accomplish completely with the power that's released through the corporate anointing and through corporate prayer. Amen? We can't. We have to have, just as you have to have a prayer life for your own life to be a success, we have to have a church prayer life for the church to be a success. Amen? And think And think about it like this. The corporate anointing is intended to reach beyond these four walls. In other words, it goes out into the city. And then what does it do? The power that's released draws people here. Draws people. And if we need their lives to change, we need them where? We need them here. Where their lives can be affected by the Word of God. Amen. Now, the first part to being a, a part of a corporate prayer is your prayer life. It's not just showing up. Okay? So you need to make sure that you've got your prayer life down pat. I and mean, I know I've said that a lot, but it's very, very important. Are you communing with your Heavenly Father? Are you talking to it? And I'm not talking about just praying because I need. Are you praying for other people? Mm, that's, some, that's something to think about. But the best contribution that you'll ever make to a corporate prayer group is always going to come from a developed prayer life yourself. You've got to make a connection to God. All right? And I hope you're all doing that in your own prayer lives. And see, we all know. We all know how important your prayer life is. But too often, too many people, they're just simply not doing it. Because it's not convenient. And it's not fun. All right? And I understand. You, I, work, I work a lot of hours also. And I know how hard it is to come home. And you've had a hard day. Get home at 6 or 7 o'clock. And you want to eat, shower, and go to bed. But I've got to press through. Pursue God. Press in even when it's not comfortable. Amen. It's very, very important. But remember, without a personal prayer life, you're not going to make that connection with God. Are you making a connection with God? Think about it. And, and let me just say this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that prayer fun. It just doesn't say that. And it doesn't say that every time you pray that you're going to get goosebumps, you're going to have the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up. See, too often people are seeking that when they come to a prayer meeting. They come into the prayer meeting and they're looking for the walls or the fog to come in or something like that. And that could happen. It could not happen. All right? But that doesn't mean that the power's not being released. That the power, because that power may be being released in the city or whatever area that you're, you're, whatever you're praying for. Amen. And always remember. Prayer is a form of self-sacrifice. Now, that's something people don't want to hear a lot of anymore because it's all we can do what we want to do and we can make our lives as comfortable as possible and you can't tell me I don't have to sacrifice anything. But unfortunately, prayer is a form of self-sacrifice. And that means it can be hard. That means the chaos and the things of this world that are trying to separate you from God are nine times out of ten what's keeping you from your prayer life. Think about it. It may be time for you, you've got just a little bit of time left, and and you you need to talk to God. Maybe you had not talked to Him in a day or so, and you need to talk to Him. But you know what? I really need to go to this ball game, Or, well, you know, all my friends are going to be over here doing this or doing that. So you've got to ask yourself, what are you going to give it? What's more important? What are you going to prioritize in your life? Because, listen, it's the difference in walking in complete victory in your life. It really is. It's hard to hear, but it's, it's, it's very, very true. But sometimes, and listen, prayer is not fun. It's a form of self-sacrifice. And sometimes it's just dry. I know what it means. People, people come in here and they tell you, oh, I prayed for five hours. There are very few people that can just pray for five hours. Very few people can. And I'm not saying they can't, but very few the people get, develop a prayer life and that do that, they have really engulfed themselves in that and they have developed themselves to that point. So don't think you're going to start out and just simply start praying for an hour. It's probably not going to happen. But that don't mean you don't do it at all. Amen. Amen. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen eighteen 18 says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. God said never stop praying. Listen, so while you're driving down the road, spend time with your Father, maybe turn the radio off, talk to Him, pray. Talk to Him. Just talk to Him. And listen, don't expect the goosebumps. That may happen and it may, may not probably nine and a half times out of ten, it's not going to happen. All right? And, and, and listen, too often people think of prayer as just simply trying to convince God to do something you need Him to do. And that's not true. That's just simply not true. All right? And when you choose to pursue God and press in closer to Him, you'll learn that your prayer life was the key to bringing change to to yourself what do I mean by that well what I'm talking about is when you sit down to pray all right and you've been working in the chaos of the day you you've got to unwind a little bit and really you're thinking I want to get this over with you know I got to get this done I got to get back and I got stuff to do all right but being being real now so if that's the case, you need some, ch- some change, some things to change. And if you choose to press in and keep going after God, even though it's uncomfortable at the time, oh, I'd rather be over here watching TV. I'd rather be over here with my buddies. I'd rather be over here doing this. But no, I'm going to put all that aside. I'm gonna, No, God, I'm spending this time with you. Then you will begin to change. You see, and when you begin to change, that's when you're going to begin to develop that prayer life that's going to start making a difference in your life. Amen? Because look, sometimes when you come together for prayer, it just seems like something's, nothing's happening. Alright? Nothing's happening. I had a guy one time who was doing a prayer meeting and he literally fell out of the chair because he fell asleep during the prayer service. <laughs> but listen, if you're persistent and keep going and keep pressing in and keep pressing into God and keep seeking Him and Pushing yourself beyond your what's comfortable, then you'll begin to see the changes in yourself, and this is when you start developing your prayer life. You start uh, naturally; you'll start becoming more comfortable in your prayer life. All right, you'll be a little bit more patient with yourself, and instead of your your focus will go more to the things of God and less to the things of this world. But you have to start pressing in at some point. Because if you're giving in to the things of the world every time, immediately when you start to pray, you're never going to develop that prayer life. You're never going to do it. Alright? Now remember, individual prayer is necessary for your own growth in God. But corporate prayer is necessary to bring change to our city and necessary for this church to fulfill its vision. Very much necessary. And we need you to be just as much a part of this as, as me and Michelle. And we need you to have good, successful prayer lives, communing with your Heavenly Father, staying sensitive to His leadings. It's very important. Very important. If you can't sense when He's wanting you to do something, mm, that's not a good place to be. So I want to encourage you, make sure you're connecting with God personally so that when we begin to have our prayer meetings, you can come here and be the best benefit corporate prayer that you can be now I jotted down and I talked about this on Wednesday night, night but I jotted down four steps that I've used these were given to me years ago and because and, some people just simply don't know how to pray you know so I put four steps down here four things you need to do when you're going to sit down and you're going to pray and you're going to talk with God and the first thing you need to do is you need to start out with praise praise Prayer should always begin with praise to God. All right, I don't care what you've been through, where you're at. Just the fact that you're here today is enough to praise God and thank Him. Amen. Psalms 101 through 4 says, Shout with the joy of the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him, sing Him with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. We are His people. The sheep of his pasture enter his gates for thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him, and praise his name. Always start by glorifying God. Thank him for everything, all the goodness in your life. I mean, there is something in everybody's life that you can thank him for. All right? And why don't we do that? Why do we do that? It's a good question. When you praise God, all right, that takes your focus off of the struggles you're dealing with, and it turns your focus on God himself, who ultimately is the answer. Right? That's why you do it. That's you're, not, you're not keeping your eyes down here focused on the struggles that you're dealing with. You're keeping your eyes on God himself, praising him by faith for the answer, even before you see it. Amen? Now, the second thing you need to do, and this is very important, should be self-explanatory. But repent. Repent. You should always repent. The second thing you need to do when you're praying is you need to repent for any known sin. Now listen. When you do this, you need to go to God. And after you repent for whatever, you know, then you need to start by searching your heart. Alright? Searching your heart. And you need to make sure that you don't have any baggage in there, you don't have anything that come in between you and God. Now, what do I mean by that? You see this a lot when people allow an, a bad attitude to come into their life. All right, and and I think we've all done this at some time or another. Well, that attitude comes in. All right, and then what does that do? That that, that begins to drive a wedge. Right, that's some baggage. You don't need any baggage in there. You need to, like I said, you need to be humble. Look at yourself. Got a bad attitude. Rebuke it. You need to get it out of here. God, I need to get things right. I need to set things right. I'm here. I'm pure. I'm clean. Glory to God. And I'm here for you. Don't let anybody clean yourself up every time when you pray. 1 John 3 21 22 says, Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Listen, when your heart is clear, you start to pray with more confidence. No baggage. And that's God's way. That's God's way. Now, the third thing you need to do is you need to ask. Ask. All right? Ask. When you pray, ask. John 14, and 14 says, You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Look, the only condition Jesus gives us here is that what you ask for in prayer must bring glory to God. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to go out here and pray for $20 million, and that's going to be in your mailbox when you get home. Come on. That's not going to happen. All right? God's a smart God. All right? I mean, you think about it, study, study the statistics of, of uh, lottery winners. I think it's 80, maybe an 80, a little over 80% of lottery winners are bankrupt in 10 years. And you think, well, how did you, how do, you do that? You just won $300 million. It's because they didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to handle it, and they didn't choose to take the proper channels to handle the money. It's a job handling that much money. Amen. Now, so... Don't remember you need change in your life, and you need to be thinking about others, other than yourselves. So when you pray, consider others' needs also, and that needs to become a natural response to you. And this doesn't always happen at first. I remember it took me a while to to actually get this. It actually, took me a little over a year to get that down pat, because I was so consumed. Because I was I grew up very poor, and 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 we just we you know you. You squeezed a penny until, you know, you got $10 out of it. You know, you just didn't give anything away. And it took me a long time to get over that hurdle and and to where I was more concerned with everyone else's needs than my own. You see, the the, the life of a Christian is to serve. It's to serve everybody. It's to serve each other. And, And then through our service and our obedience to God, God will bless us and provide for us however he guides us. Whatever he's leading you to do, he'll provide you. Amen. So remember, every believer in your prayer life, you need to have a list of people that you're praying for. And if you don't do that, and this is a great way to start to get over that hurdle. If you're not doing that, I encourage you to do that. Just jot down three or four people, keep them in your Bible, all right? And then pray for those people. That's how I got saved. I found the list in my grandmother's Bible. My name was at the top of the list. And so that will will encourage you to reach in and encourage you to start thinking of others' needs more than your own needs. And, you know, in, in the days that we live in, it's, ho- it's getting harder and harder for people to do that because so many people, are, their lives are in such chaos, and it's just an uphill battle constantly and constantly. And all they can do is think about praying to survive, praying to survive. They can, it's hard for, even harder for them to start thinking of other people's needs, but you need to get there. Make a list of people that you're praying for and have it right there on your prayer list. Now, the fourth thing thing you need to do is you need to yield. And this is very, very, very important. This was the hardest thing for me when I was learning this. See, once you've praised God, once you've repented, and then you've asked Him, you need to yield. What does that mean? You need to spend time with God simply waiting and listening. And this is the hardest thing in this day with technology. Now, I'm not anti-technology. You know that. This is You need your prayer closet. You need your prayer space. You need wherever it is. And you don't need any technology in there. You need to have a paper Bible. Why? Because the distractions. The distractions. If you are in your prayer closet and you've got your iPad sitting there and maybe it's to read your Bible and pray to God, but guess what? You've got all this social media dinging. You've got all these emails coming in. Text messages coming in. And you may think, I'm strong enough. I can just kick that to the side. I can still talk to God. But the whole time you're praying, you're thinking to yourself, oh, i got to get to that. i got to get to that. i got to get to that. I've got to get to that. Instead of yielding and listening to your Heavenly Father. Yielding is very important. If you're not hearing Him, that's not good. That's not good not good and are you asking him god whatever situation you're in is there anything you want me to say is there what do you want me to do and listen to him listen to and you're, not, you're not we're not listening for an audible voice you're listening and you're and just why I tell you to stay sensitive you're, to him impressing you to do something impressing you to do something that's how he's going to speak to you it's in impressing you to, to go help someone, impressing you to, to look for another job, impressing you to move to another city, impressing you to pay a bill for this one, to buy groceries for this one, impressing you to do something. And then when you feel that impression, you're staying sensitive to it, then learn to act on it. Act on it. And it's really cool when God impresses you to do something that you don't have the money to do. Nine times out of ten, people will oh They'll overanalyze it, and they'll talk themselves out of doing it. But it's really cool to see people when they do it, and then when God impresses them to do something. It's just like when he first impressed on us to start hosting kids. The first thing that came to our mind was looking at the money. We're like, man, 40000 bucks to do, a, to do a group. Man, that's, you know, that's a, we don't have that, you know. But once we yielded to God and committed and to doing it and took that first step of faith, he started opening doors, and he started meeting us, and then the money came in to do it, and he'll do the same thing for you. He'll do the same thing for you. But you've got to learn to yield, listen, and then act. Act, and it's so fun to watch people that when he tells them to do something, and they don't have the money for it, but when they, once they take that step and he meets them, oh, man, it'll change their life because you just see the smile on their face because they realize this is so cool. This is so cool. Now, John ten twenty seven says, My sheep, listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. Listen, when you yield to God, learn to turn your expectors on. Expect Him to show up. Expect Him to do whatever it is you're praying for. As a matter of fact, when you come here on Sunday mornings, you need to have your expectors on expecting Him to tell you something, to show you something, to teach you something. But stay sensitive to god's leading in your prayer life and expect him to put those impressions and desires in your heart. Listen, God wants you to have the desires of your heart. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to live live out and fulfill the vision and the will that he has for your life right and he 's going to lead you with the things that through the things that you enjoy and not not every time. But most of the time, he's not going to call you to move to Alaska, all right, if you just typically hate the snow. You know, Michelle and I had an opportunity to take a church in uh, Trapper Creek, Alaska. And Michelle just looked at me, and she looked at me, and I looked across the room, and she said, that's not God. (laughs) But listen, some of the greatest miracles... Some of the, seriously, some of the greatest miracles can be attached to the slightest impression that's act on, acted on. And it, it, it is. And I want to encourage you to stay sensitive to those impressions. When God's leading you through an impression, impressing you to do something, stay sensitive to that because it's so very important. It can, be, it can save your life. It can save your life. And remember this. When you're developing your prayer life, all right, because we need you to develop your prayer life at home, and then we need you to start coming here and becoming a part of our corporate prayer family for the church all right so you get yours developed then we get ours developed and then we start seeing the vision of the church accomplished in greater ways that we couldn't do in our own strength our own strength and i think that's one of the things we've been missing in our church i think it was one of the things we've been missing but that's okay we're a young church and 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 we're right here and remember also that when you're when you're doing this and 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 you're, you're you're developing your prayer life. Always remind yourself, there's two types of people in this world. Two types of people. You're either going to be a person that uh, influences people for what you believe. All right. Which I hope that's all of us. Or you're going to be a follower. That means that you're going to. Just go from cloud to cloud. Whatever somebody tells you, you believe it. And this is where a lot of people are falling in today, especially with social media. It's almost like if it's printed on social media, it's the gospel. Listen, not everything on there is true. Not it would take time <laughs> to research some of it. But listen, I want to encourage you. Be an influencer. You have a realm of influence. And we're all called to something. We're all called to advance the kingdom of God in some way or another. So as you start, start, you know, start developing and mastering and getting your prayer life down pat, start pushing into that and agree and choose to tap into the power of God and choose to be an influencer within your realm. So people can change and ultimately come to Christ. Amen? And that's what it's all about.